you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast will not be playing card games at Wes's Bachelor Party. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Welcome back to America. I'm going crazy. (laughs) I, I can guarantee there will be no cards played at my bachelor party because if there are, it ceases to be a bachelor party, and it's just a bunch of men standing around wondering why Wes took an Uber all the way back to L.A. There will be no cards at a bachelor party. Oh, yeah, 4,000-mile Uber. <laughs> Whoa. I, I don't plan to play cards Thank at the bachelor party. I mean, I, my, my long-held stance on parlor games sides with this ideally and perfectly. There was a big – I know we've talked about this on the podcast, but since it's come up now, I'm going to bring it up again. There was a craze in – our country um, inexplicable and it's back. We're back in our country, by the way, it was a great time in England, but now we're back on the shores. And the reason I said I'm going crazy is because I wake up at 4 a.m. every day <laughs> uh, and that, and that's not good for the soul. But um, in around 2002, 2003 uh, poker on television was a big deal. And, and then if you had a, a, an aunt or a, a mother or a girlfriend, the whole thing was, Oh, well he's a 22 year old guy. Let's get him a poker set. But no, no one ever asked anybody, do you actually p- play poker? Which I never did. Uh, but I ended up having get, like coming into three different poker sets over a three-year period that are collecting dust in my parents' uh, basement. It's also highly annoying because it became the super trendy thing for like a bunch of like bro actors to like play in hollowed out <laughs> like Hollywood basements together. And it appeared in multiple films right at that time where it's like, it's, it whoa, was, that guy from yeah. the 70s show is the, a poker player? It was done best in Ocean's Eleven. The, yeah. Roto World, when I first started there, was essentially 20 employees in one or two rooms. I feel a massive humble brag coming here. No, and 17 or eight to them, 18 of them just putting copious amounts of money and addicted to online and making lots of money, it seemed like, on online gambling uh, poker. It was the wild at, at the time. What was your stance on gambling back then, Greg? I mean, I was for it, but I, I never it. played poker, so upset I was not one of those people. Interesting. Uh, this is the... 
Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We got back to the States on Monday evening around uh, 530 local time. So we are uh, adjusting, but there is no rest for the weary because we are now in the middle of the ramp up to week two. In fact, we have games or a game tomorrow. What is the Thursday night game this week? See, I'm just getting caught Bengals, up. Ravens. Bengals, Ravens. Bengals, North Banger. Kings of the North. That's a that's a whole thing now. Everything's King of the North. It's, I'm pretty excited for this game. That's that's a that's good, a good game. It is a good game. It's one of the like week two Thursday night. It really de- you depend on what happens week one and the fact that those two two teams look pretty spicy in week one. Are we even going to talk about that game? Uh, well, we'll definitely now that we're getting back into we can talk about it if we want today. But now that we're getting back into our normal uh, schedule, uh, back from uh, the UK, we will have our um, late Thursday night pod will go up uh, late Thursday night. That makes sense. And that will have the recap of the Ravens and Bengals in addition to a full rundown preview of the week ahead on Sunday and Monday. And uh, this is part of our new schedule. So let's just get a little housekeeping out of the way. No longer a Tuesday podcast, um, but don't get upset. We have a Wednesday podcast, and filling that spot on Tuesday will be our brand-new Twitter show, which we're really excited about that's going to launch next Tuesday ahead of week three. And what we can promise you is that it is worth checking out because it will be different than the podcast. It won't be a video version of what you hear three times a week uh, around the NFL podcast. We want it to be different. Now, fun. Lots of games. Have we figured out what it is yet? No. In fact, we have a meeting coming up uh, later today where we're going to start trying to put together what the show is. We know it's an hour. We know it's an hour. We know you can get it on Twitter. So whether you're here in the States or you're overseas, uh, you could, everyone has access to it. In fact, we got a bunch of excited people in the UK that said, oh, this this will land about 11 p.m. Uh, so it's kind of a late night show. So uh, that's that starts next Tuesday. So our new schedule is Sunday night flagship show, Tuesday live Twitter show at a time to be Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon in the in the West Coast, uh, Tuesday evening on the East Coast. I have some news that it might be Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Pacific. Okay. Wednesday, today, regular, our second show of the week, and then the Thursday night, early Friday uh, preview show. So and we know it. that the Wednesday, it's a little bit of a gap between the, the podcasts, so we're here in the morning. It'll be up a little earlier in the day on Wednesdays. By the way, if yes. you're worth anything at all as an American living on the western half of the country, you stop down what you're doing at work, uh, you, 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 you angle out some time and make sure that you're watching this Twitter show live as it's happening so you can have that live experience. Mm. Yeah. Plus, like, Mark, Mark didn't go offices. to the store. I don't and deal buy- with people in their offices that simply, like, oh, I'm going to schedule a meeting or do what I'm supposed to be doing at my job. No. No, stop. It's what like, Mark, Mark didn't go to the store and buy fancy new shirts for you not to see them <laughs> on this Twitter show. He's yeah. not going to put on makeup and have his hair all did every Tuesday did. for you to not did. see what he's doing. Because Mark's body's looking good. He's going to look great. And it you got to see it. It is not looking good right now. We I all still look a little worn down, right i got to be honest. Yeah. Mark's like an out-of-place ingenue at this point. (laughs) (laughs) An out-of-place ingenue. All right, so today's show, let's get into it. So that's a little uh, update on the season. So don't get mad that we're bumping the show from Tuesday to Wednesday. Be glad that now there's four shows a week, uh, one of them a new experience on Twitter. So uh, that's to come next week. Now, today's show, uh, uh, here back in America, uh, week one, fully in the books now including my New York football Jets, which we're going to get to later, uh, and uh, a new segment called It's Not Too Early to Say That Ellipses. 
I like it. Erica, what is an ellipsis? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it is. So now this call- is Culver City. <laughs> shouldn't they <laughs> just call the it dot, ring. dot, dot by now? I like ellipses. I like it too, but I think it's more for like someone who's 75 years old. Just like everyone calls it dot, dot, dot. Mm. Call it whatever you want. I have you use it correctly. I have heard some young people, of which I would consider Erica you know, a member of this Youngish. crew, that are confused <laughs> because olds like us often use ellipses while texting just kind of rant, you know, just randomly. You just have the, the, and the, and it confuses the younger generation who is not as big into the ellipses and they expect something to actually come after it. Whereas we use it where it's just like kind of trailing off. Food for thought if you don't want that to. That means it we're in trouble. Like if Greg was like, hey, I need to talk to you, dot, 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 then I'd be like, oh my God, what, what? But if it's just him being oh. like, hey, got to talk to you at some point. It like, communicates something different to a younger exactly. generation. Exactly. But I'm saying. Interesting. Wow. Greg, Greg coming into grammatical rules from 20 years ago. That's going to go well for you. <laughs> really deep dive into that one. Long form material. <laughs> All right. So you haven't uh, heard from us and we haven't connected with you since our Sunday night flagship show at Sky Sports Manor. So let's do some news and catch up. Let's go, loose Cannon. So we're going on this uh, Jack the Ripper tour in a, <laughs> a section of London. Um, we're strangers to London, so unsure where, but we're getting in the cab right now to go. And Dan is playing some ABBA, but I will say this. My uh, interest in Jack the Ripper is is uh, goes back away. I wrote a paper when you're young, like the first real... I'm Jack the Ripper! <laughs> How did that not make the cut of the two-minute-long video that I think 12 people watched? A lot of fun happened in those cabs. Uh, shout out to London cabs that have four seats, two fold out. So you basically you sit looking at each other. And it's a communal experience. Mm. Maybe next year when we go to London, we could do like a, a cab podcast. Do we not miss cabcast doing that? Like I like getting in your own car like today to Uber here alone. It's like I kind of miss like well, we all drive our own cars. Yeah. I'm not that poor. I am driven cab. around town. <laughs> I uh, I not not a shout out to the last London cab that Wes and I took because. Oh, because I don't know if it was the cab driver's fault, but someone uh, basically stole my credit card information oh. immediately after using that cab and spent a lot of money at the <gasps> airport. Whoa! It's, uh, I'm glad I noticed when I got back. I guess I should check my statements then. <laughs> uh, let's start with the Buffalo Bills, who are uh, dealing with a little bit of a, an issue as the season just beginning. They get embarrassed on the road in week one, 47-3 to the Ravens, as bad as it gets. Nathan Peterman. He dropped. We need to come up with a name. Oh, we should call it a Peterman, a 0.0 passer rating in the game. Uh, and the Bills traded away A.J. McCarron, the only other in-house option uh, that protected them from the kid. So the head coach, Sean McDermott, has no choice, essentially. He turns to Josh Allen to be the starter in the Week 2 home opener against the Los Angeles Chargers. Wes, we'll start with you on this. McDermott told reporters it's the right move for our team uh, and – is it the right move for the Bills? Is it? I think it's a fair question. I mean, what's the plan here? I think when you look at that week one game, you see that Peterman is a backup quarterback in the NFL. You see that Maybe. their offensive line isn't prepared to block anyone for any quarterback. The wide receivers aren't good. Whereas Carson Wentz entered a situation with Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, and John Filippo. Josh Allen has Brian Dable, who's floated around college and pro football, was bypassed for promotions in New England, and David Culley is his quarterback coach, a guy who's been a wide receivers coach his whole career. I think the question isn't, is this the right move for now? It's when can the Bills' offense be good again, 2019, 2020? I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, if I live in western New York, just put me into carbon freeze and wake me up next September because I think this is going to be a long, rough road. It's a lost year. It's kind of crazy. I mean, you could enjoy your family or look for other, you know, avenues. I'm just saying if your life if your life swirled entirely around uh, the Bills, judgmental Greg, that's what I would do. I would <laughs> I would get in carbon freeze and ignore the entire season. It's crazy that a year ago. Judgmental Greg. Sean McDermott is that a was. Thing? Huh? Well, when it's always like, I like that. well, if you like your family, maybe you. <laughs> I wasn't stay talking about talk you. I'm just like saying. Kids. I'm just saying, like, get other interests other than the Bills. I, I would agree get with one. You on I would that. get one really quick. I mean, this coaching situation, which a year ago he looked like a coach of the year type candidate for what he did, is now. I mean, you're in chaos again in, in an ownership group that releases coaches every two seasons. Can we? I, I do actually want to give Sean McDermott and the Bills like a little bit of breathing room here. If they had a defining trait last year, it was that they responded very well to some of their lowest moments, that he did do a good coaching job, coaching up the defense. They looked competent at points in the preseason. I don't expect them to be good at all. I'm just saying it's one game where they looked incredibly unprofessional against a really good defense. And I want to like personnel see— personnel is even worse than it was it, last it's year. It's so much worse than it was. And, and there's not a lot of hope, but they should— Showed enough, I think, as a coaching staff uh, to just see how this plays out for five or six weeks. I do think, why wouldn't you play? Do you worry about ruining this rookie quarterback? No. I never have bought into the David Carr uh, Tim Couch. idea, Tim Couch. He got hurt, Tim Couch. But that a, a quarterback that's meant to make it is going to be ruined psychologically by being in a bad situation. I think in any work place in what any about physically field physically it could be an issue absolutely i mean if i, he, if I he gets totally hurt. disagree i hey, buy yeah. into that if you're behind uh, if you're on a bad team if you're a bad offensive line and i don't think you're ever you are, be wait, that great. Let me finish, I disagree. Greg. you have a raw talent everyone said this kid it can be very good but he's gonna need time and what they did to the, what they did to themselves here is that they gave themselves no option because they trusted Nathan Peterman. You brought you brought up the low point, Greg. The low point was last year, and it was Nathan Peterman when they talked themselves on him starting over at Terod Taylor, and he threw five interceptions and a half. So they didn't learn that maybe Peterman is not the guy, and then they traded away the only other option. That is what's on my well, we'd radar. We'd be killing them if they were starting Peterman. Things I, I would. I'm saying McCarron should be starting because he should still be on the team. Things can conspire to make a person who is very tough-minded not so so tough-minded going forward. I you you are correct. You're right. We would be killing them if they started Peterman, but both situations are bad. This is one of the worst quarterback situations just, this podcast has I just seen. think of people like Alex Smith, who could not have been more embarrassed and more overwhelmed as a rookie, or Eli Manning, or Jim Plunkett, and all those guys, if they're made to be quality NFL starters, I think they find So it's way. like, do you have the stuff or not? Like, the stuff yeah. can be beaten out of you. The stuff can absolutely be beaten out of you. Let's move on. Uh, Nick Foles will start in week two for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we spent the whole summer wondering if Carson Wentz, who's coming back from reconstructing knee surgery, would be ready for week one. Turned out he's not going to be ready for week two ever either. So Nick Foles, who was really not good against the Falcons, the Eagles are extremely fortunate to get a win at home uh, in the Thursday night opener. How bad was Foles? He averaged 3.4 yards uh, per attempt and just 117 yards with an interception, no touchdown. But they won 18-12 to 12 in the game, Mark. So Nick Foles continues on. Uh, who they who they got this week? The, the Bucks. Uh, he continues on, and they probably would really like to see Nick Foles start looking like end-of-season Nick Foles ASAP. I mean, if the Bucks play like they did last week, even, even to three-fourths degree, you're going to have to score a lot of points in this game. 
I, 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 this just feels like almost not even a news update. There was no reason to think that Wentz was going to play this week. And even if Foles stunk up the joint and they lost to the Falcons, you cannot rush Carson Wentz back. And it's a dream matchup. I mean, the Bucks' defense was the worst in the league last year, and they looked like one of the worst in the league in week one. And they lost uh, Vernon Hargraves for the season. Not that he's a great player, but their secondary who was already down Brent Grimes. This is a perfect opportunity for the Eagles' offense to start feeling a little bit better about themselves because they're going up such a bad secondary who does not match up uh, very well with the Eagles. After listening to Mike Garofolo on this topic, it sounds like it starts from Jeff Lurie, the owner, on down, that they, they believe they are a strong enough team, defense, running game, whatever, to keep winning regardless of how well Nick Foles plays, that you might not see Carson Wentz for a few more weeks. And Garofolo even said it would not surprise him if you don't see Wentz until after the bye in week nine. Now, wow. I, that, he's not saying that's what will happen. He's just saying I wouldn't be surprised because from the owner on down, they believe the next decade is more important than this year. This is the anti-RG3 rushing him back right. onto the field. As they should. And in every win that they can steal with Foles and their defense, and their defense is plenty capable of winning games on their own, like is another week or two they can wait. What happens when if, if they're two and four? I'm curious That's what happens if things go sideways here because I they were very lucky to win that game and if Foles is not better they're going to start losing. But a that game. was a that was a playoff contender they were playing. Against. Yeah, uh, I will say this: they have a stretch before the bye if that ever came to fruition. The Vikings, Giants, Panthers, and Jaguars. Panthers defense looked Super Bowl level. We know about the Vikings and Jaguars. Uh, moving on, Aaron Rodgers. Will he be available for Week Two against the Minnesota Vikings? Packers head coach Mike McCarthy told reporters. Uh, today that or yesterday that Rodgers will work with other players rehabilitating injuries while emphasizing that Rodgers did not suffer a setback to his injured knee. Uh, he's considered day-to-day, so they're going to probably take this one, you would think. What, even if they know ahead of time, they're going to play this thing out to keep the Vikings on their toes and expect him to play either way. But uh, the knee injury, of course, suffered early in the uh, Sunday night game against the Raiders. Uh, Greg, uh, what were your thoughts? Since we're here, we got back to the hotel after our Sky Sports event and our recording our podcast around 3 or 3.30 in the morning in London, enough time to watch the last uh, two quarters of that game, and it was one of the more memorable Sunday night games ever. Nick Shook and Jeremy Bergman did a great job uh, recapping it for Shooky. our show. Uh, but what were our thoughts about what Rodgers and company pulled off in that game. I just felt lucky because that's one of those moments I'll remember forever where I was where I watched that. Because of the unique circumstances, we're getting back after a really memorable day for us and then see Aaron Rodgers have one of the most memorable moments of his career at 4.30 in the morning in a London hotel room. It's just like I love – Aaron Rodgers is one of the reasons why I love football so much. That that was my thing. I totally agree, and I think this, if you were smart, you were also packing while – I was not. I made a, a perfect, rookie mistake. In perfect this. packing situation. I, I made a mistake. I packed earlier in the morning, and you know what Daddy was doing. Daddy was having an apple juice. I got I got the great room service, great yeah. hotel. Oh, yeah. got Mac some, and cheese? Got, once the game was heating up, I got some wings Ooh. and just sat there on the bed wow. at 3.30 in the morning. And Smart. Watched. Awesome. I didn't Rogers. even realize they served food not, at that time. Not sure how about I feel about like, calling yourself daddy, like when you're a continent in a way, like you know what I mean. It's a little There's grimy. no wrong time to call yourself daddy in my. <laughs> uh, but I same reason Greg said I will always remember sitting in that hotel room eating badass wings, watching Aaron Rodgers do Aaron Rodgers things. There are some hot hot takesmen about this week wanting Randall Cobb to get more credit than Aaron Rodgers on that play that Cobb made. 
Aaron Rodgers is dragging his leg around, compensating for it, making subtle moves in the pocket to make sure he doesn't step on that leg or, or put weight on that leg and still makes the play, which tells me that this is an injury that's going to affect him. I can't for a imagine while. him missing this game well, the way you, he talked after the last. Do you know what Mike Zimmer said? He walks on water, so I'm sure he'll be out there this week. Mm. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Moving on, Martavis Bryant. This is a little weird. Uh, he was traded to the Raiders uh, from the Steelers, and then uh, word of more off-the-field issues uh, and th- failure to comply with the uh, drug plan uh, agreement in the NFL led to the Raiders to release him, or so we all thought. The Raiders said no, it was not. It didn't have anything to do with the looming suspension, which will be probably another year of his career. But now he's back with the Raiders. They're closing in on a one-year deal. Uh, Tom Pelissero reported uh, yesterday, Bryant uh, also is expected to play this week in Denver against the Broncos. So, I I mean, somebody's got to help me out because this is a very strange story. My head's on a swivel. When I saw this email come through our work email with Tom Pelissero's tweet on the subject, I, I assumed there was a mistake and it had to have been a tweet from like March. I was like, what? What do you mean he signed with the Raiders? So I think we can surmise his suspension is being held up by legal or just the normal you know, appeals process that the Raiders cut him because they didn't want to have to pay his entire year's salary, that they probably have some information that this appeals process might take a minute and they're happy to just pay him week by week right now that his contract's not guaranteed. That would be my guess. Yeah, and we can surmise that they absolutely could use a little speed at the wide receiver position. There was nothing going on in that first game against the Rams. And Amari Cooper, who Gruden chimed about all offseason, we're going to run the offense through him. Well, that did not look I don't think they tried. Did Derek Carr try a vertical pass? Trying to I saw a lot of, like, screens that got blown up right away by the Rams. I don't know if he he even threw one. So, Bryant does add something to that offense that they need. Corey Coleman is back on a roster, and it's the Patriots. Uh, The Patriots need help at the position. Uh, Julian Edelman suspended through week four. Uh, the group, uh, Philip Dorsett, Chris Hogan, Corderell Patterson, Coleman joins that group. He, of course, was a bust with the Browns who traded him to the Bills, who cut him before the start of the season. And now Coleman gets a chance to play with the Pats. I do not anticipate this becoming anything, but who the hell knows? I'll say this about the Patriots. It's pretty much an indictment when they sign Corey Coleman, Kenny Britt, trade for Danny Shelton, Pick up Chris Hogan and Mike Gillisley. They look at the Browns and Bills and say, these two teams do not know how to develop players. We will take a chance on them. Although not many so far out of that entire group who's helped the Patriots other than Hogan. I would just say that they see that if Corey Coleman, if there's one place that they can. He's, he's worth a shot. Work, right. He's worth they're, a shot. But it's every, not that they're going to be like, you know, they're going to they're gonna let him go if they can't get it done. But He's worth a shot, but every time the Patriots have one of these signings, there's always those tweets that, like, fast forward to Corey Coleman having 120 yards in the AFC Championship. It's like, no, most of them don't end up making it. Well, he will. He will, but anyway. For our new (laughs) listeners, for years, an ongoing subplot with Josh Gordon was Mark's eternal worry that he would end up in Pittsburgh or New England and tear up the league. Uh, That seemed to be offset a little bit by the Kenny Britt experience. But I would, I'll put in a what's more likely. Wow. Is that loud? From Culver City, Dan, California, really? it's America's sure. favorite game show. <laughs> what's more likely?
We Corey, got the gold standard version there. What's more likely, like Corey Coleman cut before the end of the month or making plays for the Patriots in January? I'll go with cut before the end of the month. I don't think the guy likes football that much. I don't, a lot of people go to New England and decide, ooh, I can't hack it here. Look at Eric Decker, who I thought was going to have an impact, and that guy was kind of a gamer. Uh, I think Coleman will wash out within weeks. That's my. I'll point. go cut because weren't there issues with him learning Buffalo's playbook on a, a wide receiver free offense, essentially? I mean, I don't know how he gets this thing done. I'm going to go January plays just because I'm rooting for that to happen, so why not just root <laughs> Even for myself to Greg be will happy. win this. I can feel it. <laughs> Even veterans like Joey Galloway and Chad Johnson had trouble gaining Tom Brady's trust, and they ostensibly knew what they were doing. Pats need a little juice, so it would be nice. I'm going to go with Greg just to be an agent of chaos because <laughs> I kind of want to see Corey Coleman doing good things in the NFL at some point. Bad news for the Atlanta Falcons, who will be without their leading tackler of a year ago for the rest of the season. The team announced Tuesday that Deion Jones, their stud linebacker, placed on IR with a foot injury. Uh, uh, J- Jones reported soreness in the foot after the game. They got the test back, and it turns out he needs a pre- procedure on the foot that's serious enough to end his season. Bad news for the Falcons, whose defense takes a hit. This was a top-10 defense last year, and it comes at, uh, a couple days after uh, safety Ken O'Neill uh, tore his ACL, and he was done for the year. So the Falcons, West take a couple pops here. Not good. In the second half of each of the last two seasons, we've been complimenting the Falcons' young, speedy defense. Uh, and these two players are the beating heart of that defense. Uh-oh. That scheme relies on their closing speed to stop running backs coming out of the backfield, to stop screen passes to wide receivers, to stop tight ends coming over the middle. They are set up to rely on that speed. So, to me, the defense takes a step back to three years ago. Remember that Thomas Dimitrov is a Belichick guy, and Belichick's first ever draft as a head coach in Cleveland was Eric Turner. And he talked about the analyst that talked to me said, I want to build my defense up the middle. And now you've lost in the Atlanta Falcons your safety and your middle linebacker. And it's going to change everything that the Falcons cannot do on defense. It's going to test their depth, too. Worth noting, Deion Jones is is expected to come back this season. So – Dan Quinn mentioned that would be like November. Right? Yeah, boomerang Dan, Dan Quinn, Dan boomerang. Quinn mentioned they're pretty hopeful. Keanu Neal's out for the year. Deion Jones, they hope maybe to have back for the stretch run. They do have some players, you know, they do have good depth. Duke Riley is a, a pretty high draft pick who's going to end up playing uh, at safety. Demonte uh, KZ, who's going to play. He was like one of my favorite players to see in the entire preseason and came in in week one and made a huge impact uh, playing in place of Neal. So they do have some young players, but it's it's a bummer because Jones especially is, is kind of the key to that defense. In other injury news in the NFC South, Greg Olson, as we uh, suspected and Panthers and their fans feared, did indeed refracture that right foot. This is becoming a chronic situation or is a chronic situation now for the star tight end. Uh, at this point, they're hoping to avoid surgery, evaluated on a month-to-month basis, according to Mike Garofolo, who first reported the severity of the injury. Uh, but surgery, according to Rapsheet, still on the table if it doesn't go the direction they want. This looks like a situation where the Panthers will be lucky to get uh, their tight end back by the end of the season. And um, finally, well, not finally, but also – in the news for the Carolina Panthers. The team is mulling options in the face of Hurricane Florence. Uh Uh-oh, Hurricane Florence. This one is a big one. It's barreling toward the Atlantic coast. Uh, Tiffany Blackman reported Tuesday that the team is exploring three options, possibly staying put, finding a nearby university with an indoor facility, or heading to Atlanta early ahead of Sunday's tilt with 
the Falcons, uh, so they are not home, and that is helpful, obviously. But, uh, Mark, you must be pinching yourself right now because this storm is coming down. Well, it does, I, I know I put a sandwich up that a, you know Mother Nature would shift one of these games during the yeah, course. Yeah, congratulations. Of this one looks not like root, a big one. I know, but I get in tweets about this, like, oh, you must be like so. Cause, like, I'm not actually rooting for houses to be flattened and people I to don't be. Know. You know, when I hear you in the newsroom I mean, when you, talking, you seem to I have, have a little never bit of a I have never mentioned. I mean, when you step. when you put true. this out there into the atmosphere on some level. This is what you for. have to be rooting well, for. So if I have that kind of power, I'm going to be putting a lot of things into the atmosphere real soon. All of my I do not have that power. <laughs> all of my friends at Huckapoos and Living on Tybee are in my thoughts because, you know, when I lived there for eight years, we never evacuated for a hurricane once, and it seems like it's an annual activity now. One of our listeners was there over the weekend and said he's getting out of there because of the hurricane. Yeah, good luck to everyone out there. Hopefully this was not a storm that hits too hard. And, and Mark, we'll see if you're fortunate enough to get some sandwiches out of this. In this case, you cannot, though, because they're already playing in Atlanta. It, it w- Atlanta would have to move the game. You're the one <laughs> just, tracking this I'm just saying, let's, let's, from a technicality angle, the storm would There's need to veer towards Atlanta and, and create Well, cross your there. fingers, maybe. There is <laughs> not, not rooting for that. An <laughs> abnormal <laughs> amount of activity in the Caribbean right now, so this might not be Ooh. the only week we have to worry about. There you go, buddy. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I, I'll say it again. <laughs> uh, one more quick nugget. No one celebrates hurricane season quite like Mark <laughs> Yeah, do not the quiet storm. That's a, there's a reason behind that nickname. Uh, two more things. One, uh, the helmet rule penalty, which a lot of hand wringing both on this podcast and across uh, the football world. Uh, just one call <laughs> in the 16 games that comprised week one. So yeah. that was when Cincinnati Bengals safety Sean Williams was ejected. Uh, so it was a big one. It, it took him out of the game, uh, and it was not a bad call at all. I didn't think, uh, but. You did not see the call in any of the other 15 games. So, so far, uh, this is not something that's going to ruin football as we know, which was something that a lot of people thought was, uh, including myself, a lot of concern uh, early August. That's early August football. I mean, Greg and I don't always get along, but, like, credit to Greg. He basically (laughs) said this three weeks ago. And we get along fine, I think. we do. I'm just saying we don't always get along. It's, I don't always get along. The relationship's with anyone, fine. So. It's fine. <laughs> Dare I credit the NFL a little bit for this? It was nice to watch players not trying to injure each other. Oh, you think it actually? I think the players, reason the flags were coming out because people were. I think they've already started to adjust. Well, I think the helmet. I hope you're right. Rule surprised me, but over the last few years, it's been an accumulation. You definitely see safeties in particular pulling off yes. a little bit on those throws over the middle. I think the more objectionable rule even back in August and it remains the same today and confusing is the putting your full body weight onto the quarterback. Saw that a couple rule. times. You and I think what? that's a confusing one that they're going to they're just going to have some growing pains and going to have to figure out, but that's the one that's a little more on my radar. There's a lot of gray area there. It seems to be more gray area than the helmet rule. Yep. And I saw JJ Watt did a great job of letting up and not putting his body weight onto Tybee or onto Tom Brady. He sort of rolled <laughs> off to the side. I mean, they both end with. I mean, they both what, start with T and end with. Wes with is already at Huckapoo's in the mind right now. Tybee's always. Watt is probably the only man big enough to body slam. <laughs> Ty- he could body slam. Tybee. Call Tom Brady. Watt could have hurt Brady there, and he didn't. It's <laughs> fair. That was great. That just made my day. I just well, like, they, like I said, I they that. both start with T and end with an E sound. It's I true. Mixed them up. I conflated them. Uh, and Wes, because you're such a lovable guy, uh, <laughs> you're going to take the stage now for the final uh, piece of news today. Week one. 
They handed out their Player of the Week awards, and uh, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes took the AFC honor. Uh, he was a stud in the 38-28 walloping of the Chargers, 256 yards, four touchdowns, 21 yards on the ground, four carries. Over in the defensive uh, Player of the Week, uh, T.J. Watt won that uh, for the Steelers. He just killed I feel like the Browns. That. And then in the, in the NFC, uh, Fitz Magic, alive and well, uh, he had a almost a perfect passer rating. One of the games uh, of the last ten years at that position, he was unbelievable uh, in wiping out the Saints. And then Harrison Smith got the Defensive Player of the Week. Greg the Leg got Special Teams Player of the Week. The reason we're even telling you this is because Wes has something to say. <laughs> well, this is sort of a. I don't know. A, it's been a it's been an issue with me. Like post cancer, my personality has changed. I believe I've been more deferential on this podcast. Like the rants have been fewer and far between. Things don't rile me up as much. I think I'm a little more um, interesting. Equanimity, whatever that word is. Um, Get edited in post. But uh, but there's a rant coming on here because this is absurd. Why? First of all, why? Get angry, Wes. Why is everyone protecting these selectors for Player of the Week? There's no answers on Google. There's no answers on Twitter. There's no answers in this building. <laughs> Did you for say everybody? <laughs> there's no answers for Mark, why are you protecting? These are the shadowiest of shadowy Ooh. league figures. Nobody knows who's making these picks. And you do not know anything about football or did not watch this game if you chose Patrick Mahomes over Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill climbing the ladder to get throws in traffic, sliding to corral low throws, taking short passes to the house. Uh, through the heart of the defense, he looked like Steve Smith in 2005. The D had no answer for him. He was the story of the game. Patrick Mahomes, promising, sure. And maybe Tyreek Hill is a better suited guy for Patrick Mahomes' skill set than Alex Smith. He's probably going to have a bigger year because of the quarterback change. But that was absurd to not have Tyreek Hill as player of the week. He was the best player in football this week. Now, you did, you did a little legwork trying to figure out because we all got to page nine of the Google search, and there's no explanation. Emphasis on little, but yeah. A little work. <laughs> Fair. It was, you, you, you emailed someone. Right. We have 15 minutes to go before the start of the show. Any I, answer I, to that? Tweet, I tweeted at the NFL PR guy and got no answer. But well, why don't you send an email? Send a polite email. I mean, it's 2018. Out. I'm not really about emails. See, it's a, about me. A dog at Journo is sending an email there. Yeah. In 1997, sure, I'll send out an <laughs> no, email. No, that's how <laughs> you get If you want personal, the information, that's how they're going to give it to you. Hey, I've never claimed or wanted to be a dog at Journo. <laughs> But you said you don't want you want to find out the answers. So. I do want to find out. Give them to me. I just think a PR. Do you want man? the truth, Wes? I mean, if what you're trying to say is that the, you can't the, the truth. player of the week selector is not combing through Game Pass uh, to look for the subtleties of who was really worth uh, or who really you earned have that one box job. Board. Find out who's the player of the week. My, That's your job. Find also, out the player of the week. Well, I, do it right. To do your homework, Greg. That's Why are you letting people off the hook for not it, doing their job? It is attached to contracts yeah, it and it's it, other sure. stuff too. I mean, if you're just oh, just well, I'm not going to watch anything. I'm just going to guess at who's the player of the week. Here, Why is that okay with you? Here's why. Because I've never put any stock into this silly <laughs> award. And then number two, I just assume that it's whoever's job it is to do this, it's not their job. It's like the 35th most important part of their job, unfortunately. So it's like the only part of a $12 billion operation that isn't vetted? Translation, like the, You're not even going to have to be good at it? Greg, translation, as I, I, I posted to up. Greg for like 750 straight podcasts, uh, many of his responses boil down to, who cares? Right. Yeah. Well, when it comes down to player of the week, you're right. I don't Greg care. is all about FedEx ground and air. But wait, what? Like, 
I do find it odd that someone wouldn't, who is not a football person would be picking this. That right. does seem now there, It has to be someone in well, the like league office. I, I'm curious to know. It probably is a PR person. Like the guy who fills up the water tanks every week gets to pick it? Is that okay, what you're saying? I would like, guess. This, it, is good. this is good. I totally agree with you that Tyreek Hill was the best player in football. And I do think maybe part of this Twitter show should be a segment. Chris Wesseling has something to say. Oh, How about it. that? I love it. I love it. That's it. We can that's, work, why you, that's, like, that's why you tune in to We can workshop that. Uh, by the way, if you want to check out Tyreek Hill's gangbusters performance against the Chargers, you could uh, replay an entire NFL game in 45 minutes with uh, condensed games from NFL Game Pass. It's every play back to back to back. Didn't you, the uh, Kissing Cousins, you guys were on a quest to knock this down to the 30-minute well, mark. Hold on. So 45 minutes, I would say in a more inviting Quick experience would be trimming the fat down to 31, 32 minutes, which is possible. Didn't you guys, uh, and this was kind of unusual uh, for the cousins, you guys went underground, you sent some emails, you met with some people trying to affect change. Where are you at right now? Because now the, well, so the ad read is saying 45 well, minutes. Well, so that was, two, that was I believe, two seasons ago or last season, but Matt Harmon and other guys were all over just being, you got to watch all these games. It's like, you know, Game of Thrones episodes trying to get through some of this stuff. So nice pop culture rep. It is. Watch some. But it's like a lot of white men with curly hair. It's like keeping something. pests out of your garden. You right. can keep them out one year with all these tricks, and the next year they're back again, and you got to go through the whole rigmarole again. That's the thing, because they around week eight they listened, and suddenly all the games had trimmed every bit of nonsense off. And now Maybe we're, it's time for you guys to continue your Well, we're back. He's, he's emailing PR they're, people they're about doing this other it. issue. Maybe so. tweet about it. That's what's happening in the news. Have you ever looked at your credit card statement and been shocked by the interest rate? Good rant, by the way, Wes. Oh, thanks. It's been a while. I thought maybe I lost my touch. Turn back the clock moment. Show your face, whoever's doing this. Especially when you, you turned your ire toward Greg, which I didn't see coming, but I quite Well, enjoyed. Greg's like, oh, whatever, you know. The lady I'm just saying it. this is the first time the Player of the Week awards come up in six years of the podcast. <laughs> it's like it's not really moving the needle. The lady who answers the phones also picks the Player of the Week, and that's fine with Greg. Did you know you could actually really roll is. all of your credit card debt into one – Mark, pay attention to this. You have a lot of financial issues. Into one monthly <laughs> payment at a lower fixed interest rate? It's so do funny I. I mean, I do coming off the London right. trip. It's That's funny because it's true. true. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with auto pay. I don't know what any of this means. That's My wife handles all of my finances. Same like, here. If, if I end up in prison <laughs> or if I end up in the poorhouse – it will be because I trusted too much. Mm. And you know what? I have no regrets. I learned from I Arrested love that Development woman. they cannot arrest a husband and wife for the same crime. That's true. <laughs> so I'm the, only, I'm the only guy in the room that takes care of the finances in the house. Right, and she, she handles really, tool, toolbox. Really playing the cultural stereotypes here, but move on. <laughs> That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 18% APR. Get a loan from 5000 to 100000 Dollars, and you can even get your funds as soon as the day you apply because Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a good, great interest rate and no fees. Uh, this is where I would speak to my personal experience with Lightstream, but you'll have to connect with Emily and see if that's something that we use. And now my listeners can get our listeners. See, the copy says my. But you know what? The copy is what the copy is. So, guys, and now my listeners can get a special discount Divisive. on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash football. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash football. Uh, Erica, what's going on with uh, personalized offer codes? You know, I, uh, I'm i going to take it right up the chain. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. 
Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash football for more information. Also, you may or may not have heard, but Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman, which means that at Lowe's you'll find an ever-growing selection of mechanics tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online, ready to help tackle projects throughout your home. If one of those projects happens to be in a really tight space to get to, then you definitely need to check out the Ratchet Wrench. Very close. 122th ratchet. It has a three-degree arc swing, you guys. Don't you know what that does? No. A three-degree arc swing means you can loosen or tighten bolts with less movement in those hard-to-reach spots. That should make it easy to tackle any auto or DIY project on your list. Greg, what's that? I know you don't do it a lot, but you know what that means. Do it yourself. Nice. <laughs> Plus, they come in a gunmetal chrome. That's masculine. Nice finish that's not only sharp looking but it makes them corrosion resistant cool comma right question mark uh shop the new home of craftsman today at lowes.com slash around that's lowes.com slash around all right now mark here we are back in america i am so happy to be home and you could like two things you could be happy that you're home and also love where you were that's where i'm at I know some people in this room are like, oh, screw America. This place made a wrong turn and is going into oblivion. I want to live somewhere else now. Good. Good luck to you guys when you do that. Uh, USA, I'm going to see this thing through. That doesn't That doesn't describe my feelings on the matter. I can't speak for the other two gentlemen. No, that's some but that seems entirely. unfair. <laughs> Was that unfair? Perfect encapsulation <laughs> of how I feel. Okay. That, maybe that's Mark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, Mark, you're back in America as well, and your thoughts upon – Return. Well, my thing, I don't know. It's like you ever uh, go to a wedding and you meet all these like new people and it's like a bunch of friends, you know, but other people and you're with each other for four days and then you go home and you're kind of feeling like, ooh, this is I kind of miss that group. That was that was kind of cool. And everyone's never sees each other. again. Right. So with the seven of us, it was the four of us. It was Loose Cannon, Todd Metcalf and a shadowy league figure named Mark Brady. I kind and of Jet Lag Jackson and, well, and, and Lakeisha as well. But I mean, I would say this. I really miss this crew. Doing what we're doing, the cabs all hanging out, going to dinner. So Perhaps, I mentioned yeah. a couple times, uh, much to the dismay of Dan, that we would potentially be doing some reunion activities now that we're back in the States. And so I came up with just a notification of the first event. Did you okay. say to my dismay? I think you might. You were maybe getting a little sick of us. No, I, I thought the trip was fine. Okay, so <laughs> confirmed. But anyways, so please, these sessions are mandatory. So tonight, Wednesday, September 12th, uh, we will gather together at Bonnie Sue's Kettle and Grill in Encino, California, from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. All right, then tomorrow on Thursday, September 13th, we're going to turn around and take a trio of company-paid cabs to Little Tokyo's Kariyama at 5 p.m. for a five-hour dinner and drink setup. These are mandatory. I don't want to hear about, I'm back, I have all this responsibility. Gotta watch Game Pass. Please. On Friday. Well, there is Thursday night football and uh, I have to cover the podcast game. tomorrow night. Kids. Right. but this, Kids, too. No, Kids. that's Thursday. That starts at 5 p.m. Right after the pod, we'll get in these cars and go do this. We can watch Thursday night football while we're there. It'll be on television somewhere. If it isn't, you can pick up and watch it later on. On Friday, we will keep the evening A lot of knowledge free. about Japantown's uh, – TNF coverage. It's it is. It's, it's, it's vibrant. It's vibrant. <laughs> we will keep the evening free on Friday. I do understand that we have families, but we will have a group breakfast at Fred Swanson's Country Griddle in Chula Vista. Oof. We'll then depart in shared cars at 6 a.m. Well, we're going to leave on Friday to beat the crowds and leave after breakfast for three hours of day drinks at the Purple Basement in nearby Glendale. Dan will be thoroughly sick of us by this stage. On Saturday, 
By Loose then? cannon will guide us through a pub crawl and late-night club tour of West Hollywood's nightlife scene that will give way to a rooftop breakfast at dawn. <laughs> While you will be free to exit early before week two's action, we will be scheduling a group breakfast Sunday morning at Egg Slut in downtown Los Angeles <laughs> before catching 9.45 a.m. Did you cabs. say Egg Slut? It's so good. It yeah, is so right. good. I think that's the first. Venice, right. Yeah. That's right a down, real place? Yeah, yeah. it's right oh, yeah, down that's, in the downtown area. Yeah. You got to wait in line. You got to yep. wait in line for too long. That seems like the only real establishment you've you've mentioned. Or maybe they're all real. No, what? I've looked. You've, doubt looked, Bonnie Sue's? Yeah, these are all real. But one note on that Sunday. I know the games out here begin at 10 I don't see the purple basement anywhere. I'm just saying. Well, you, this is a secret. You know it's real, Tim Posey. I got you. Thank you. So we'll leave at 9.45 before the games start at 10, by the way. Impossible to get this readout in this room. <laughs> I will be releasing next week's Hangout slash Reunion Is that two full on pages, Monday by the way? Evening. Are you going to flip? No, that's uh, it. Oh. Um, we'll have a new schedule for next week on Monday. We're going to stay in touch as a group. <laughs> that sounds fun. The Sky yeah, Sports, sounds good. Our, our friends at Sky Sports, who we seem to have a great relationship, will be disappointed that we're skipping our pregame coverage on Sunday. But it's well, important we can- to... <clears throat> This is not all of them will be Sunday morning, but they'll have to understand after watching us as a group together that we needed to do this. I can't believe Egg Slut is a thing. That is an awesome name. There's tons of like photo ops. It's like I went to Egg Slut, like all around <laughs> it's, the it's building. Very it's very obnoxious. So I've refused it because any any food you shouldn't have to wait half an hour for any egg for any breakfast food. I don't huh? care how good. That's it is. a fair point. That's a fair point. Liquid chicken. No. In general, I've I'll take I've reached the age. I just don't. I'm not waiting online to get into really anywhere unless I'm with it you. is a super good reason to do so. There was Oh, a, we know. Yeah, there was some <laughs> club. It was like uh, during our, our trip to England, it was like, Eric was like, let's, let's follow these people. We walk across half of London, and then there's a line of 200 people. I was like, Daddy, next hotel, you know, next well, even, back even, to the hotel. Even Eric and Drinks. I bailed on that. We, we attempt, there were like a trio of like Kardashian so I, I read it right. Us. We waited for a little bit to just be like, oh, these guys don't like fun. Like they left. And oh, then Mark I and I, imagine. after like a little while, oh, we were like, I can uh, only imagine the commentary while we were in the we cabin. We actually like, waited about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we're the only ones not, that really get what it's like not, to be here in London. Well, that's true. That's when a random London stranger offered me cocaine. What? He goes, are you American? And I was like, yeah. And he went, you want cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> he said it like this, like cocaine, like cookies. And cookies? you should know the end of that story is Wes said, no, thank you. Yeah. I think my favorite. Yeah, please Danny. chronicle the answer. It was absolutely not. I do not want that. Similarly, I think my favorite story I heard secondhand uh, was the one where uh, a man at the hotel just shoved cookies into Dan's pocket. <laughs> What's like, you want some cookies? <laughs> yeah, shoved them a, in your pocket. There was a major D that was a little bit, a little bit uh, Extra? OTT <laughs> over the top. Segment, it's not too early to say that, ellipses. That means something else is coming. What's coming? Something bad. Answers. No, not necessarily bad. Week one's in the books. People, you know, get too excited sometimes about week one. Surely I will when I get to my topic, which involves my favorite team. Uh, But uh, after one game, we'll say what we're confident uh, saying, uh, that it's not too early to say that. So we're getting on board uh, a viewpoint on a team or a player or what have you. Greg, get us going. It's not too early to say that the Denver Broncos are a watchable, fun, dramatically different team. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team or I really have no idea how good they're going to be or how case good Case Keenum is going to be over the course of the season. But just turning on their game pass in the Seahawks game this weekend, I just couldn't believe that. 
Here's a team with some pass protection. Here's a team with a dynamic uh, two, three-headed running game. Here's a team uh, that's flinging the ball down the field for good and bad. Case Keenum's just letting it fly. There, there are receivers open. This was just a team that looked so different week after week when I watched them a year ago, they were barely a professional offensive operation that seeing this on Sunday was a breath of fresh air. There's a lot of fun young players. Keenum, maybe he's not going to be the guy long term, but he's certainly going to make it a lot more fun to watch and follow the Broncos this season, whether you're a Broncos fan or not. I don't think it's too early to say that. I know that. I'm head over heels for this team. As soon as I nominated the Ravens for Team of ATL, I was kicking myself for not nominating mm. the Broncos because I love everything about this team. What a difference a year makes. You're absolutely right. Philip Lindsay is legit. He's like a better version of Austin Eckler or something. Like this guy is going to be part of this offense all year long. Royce Freeman's good. The both both of those veteran wide receivers are better this year. They're moving they better. Healthier. Emmanuel Sanders is 30 years old going backflips into the end zone. This team is – There's tight ends involved with the passing game. There's just a lot of things that literally you never saw last year. Well, I mean, that just didn't Thomas, happen. Demarius Thomas shed weight, completely changed his diet, and looks younger than ever. We killed Elway for his drafts, rightly so, in some past seasons. He's nailed this draft from what we can see. And we ticketed this division to the Chargers based on – the Los Angeles talent level, but even in week one, you find out that some of the ghosts that haunt the Chargers organization are still imbued inside that franchise, and I don't see any reason in this weird AFC West where the Raiders look like they could stink potentially, and the Chiefs will see. There's no reason to say Denver could not win this division depending on how this plays West, out. Yeah, Wes is more in on them being good, I think, and I'm, and that's certainly they're possible. I just, I'm just more in on, okay, this is going to be a fun t- team to watch, and they're just so... When last year's was impossible to right, watch. Right, that's what I mean, and, and they'll be competitive. They're, they're fun in the way, in the spirit of the original team of ATL. That's fair. Uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I never come out quickly. On, Dan's not in on LA. Keenum. I, it's, a, I'm not in, I, I, if he's going to be throwing 35, 40 passes a game, they're not going to win a lot of games, in my opinion, but I could be obviously wrong. I also want to see I guess I need to see a little bit more. They definitely were fun. They look good against the Seahawks. I don't know if the Seahawks are any good. Can so I, if they beat up on a, a home team, on a crappy road team, is that a big deal? I don't know. One thing about quarterbacks and the way we appreciate them and evaluate them, I think we've learned over the years the best quarterbacks have this quality. Can he get out of trouble? Can he save the day? Can he get the girl in the end? Mm. He's the protagonist. And Case Keenum has that. It's just that he's also over-eager by a half. Hmm. He's sort of got that Ryan Fitzpatrick gunslinger thing, and he makes throws he shouldn't be making because he's not willing to take a check down, but those are the fun quarterbacks to watch. This does seem like, if you're a Broncos fan, whether or not they are a 9 or 10 win team or whatever, they're going to be a lot more fun to watch because it was pretty bleak there last year near the end of the season. Hard to be less fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, we've got to talk about the Jets. I, I was – all right, uh, what is it? It's not too early to say that. Everything, <laughs> everything – may be different for the New York Jets now. And I believe that. I the I got we got off that plane and it was ten hours, eleven hours, and I one of those guys that I suck when it comes to trying to sleep on a plane, so I'm up for eleven straight hours on that plane. I watched Saving Private Ryan for the first time, which is probably something that no one's ever done. Watched that movie for the first time twenty years after it came out. Quite enjoyed it by the way. Um and got back to L.A., sunny L.A., and got a cab, got back to my house. I had a couple hours before the kids got home from uh, preschool, had the game DVR'd, so I, I was catching up. I was about two hours behind. And I'm watching this game, and I'm wondering 
what's going to happen here. And then the first play of the game, Sam Darnold rolls to his right, gets fooled by the safety and throws a, a, a blimp that gets picked off and run back. And, I mean, every Jets fan was thinking the same exact thing. Oh, my God. This is not only is this a, a horrible start to your season – this is such a fitting start if this guy ends up being a bust that everybody will be like, we knew right away, the first pass. And then what happens? He comes back to Arnold and finishes the game 16 of 20, throws for almost 200 yards, two touchdowns. He shows mobility. He shows accuracy. He obviously shows himself as an unflappable 21-year-old uh, because that place, Ford Field, was going nuts after the pick six. And ESPN, with their obtrusive cameras on the sideline, had the camera right up in Darnold's face after the pick six to the point where an offensive lineman for the Jet got, got in the guy's mug and pushed the camera away. This guy knew everyone was talking about him, and he went out there and he played great, great football uh, for the rest of that game. The entire Jets' effort was otherworldly, which and the Lions looked as bad as can be. So I don't want to say the Jets are now this team to look out for this season. You need more evidence. But the one thing I do know is that Darnold looks different than every other quote-unquote savior, including Mark Sanchez, uh, including Chad Pennington, and I don't really have anybody else to even throw out there, including Geno Smith, Greg, uh, that this guy looks like he's going to be a star, and every Jet fan is pinching themselves right now. Pocket movement, poise under pressure. The ability to move the chains, accuracy plus touch. Those are the things I've noticed about Darnold since August. And I thought at first he wasn't ready. I think I was really impressed with that performance. It was hard not to text you. I knew that you were on it. I didn't know where you were. We were all a hot mess that night. <laughs> I was struggling to stay awake, but I knew you were on tape delay, so I didn't want to spoil anything. Right. And I think a lot of people, I got this question at our meetups too. It's like, will you be mad if the Jets are good and the Browns stay crappy or your quarterback versus his quarterback, well, ideally, it would be better for Dan and I if both teams were good because That's I think we're rooting it for. could turn total villain move here otherwise. But I will say this. <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed watching the Jets perform the way they did, and it goes beyond even Darnold because Todd Bowles has made his bread and butter before coming to the Jets crafting secondaries and defenses, but especially secondaries that can cre create and change games. And the Jets have that too right now. I, there, it is always a weird game when suddenly you score 31 points and it's off of turnovers and returns, but that's just you can't just say that didn't happen and that's not to the Jets' credit. They're creating these plays. They didn't have a return game for so long. They didn't have a secondary that picked the ball off and caused nightmare scenarios for quarterbacks. It's not just Darnold, but it's so great that he is the most exciting element of this for a team that, since we were born, outside of maybe Kenny O'Brien for a season or two, has had nothing under center, and Dan's dad has not seen a good quarterback in four-plus five decades. It is time for this to happen. Yep. I'm excited for you. Dan's dad. Let's check in with Keith. His name is Keith. He's Dan's dad. No doubt about it. What a great victory by the New York Jets on Monday night. That was what I think Jet fans have been waiting for, particularly me, I can tell you, for a long time. We've had some suffering seasons of late, but to open up on the road in hostile territory and putting up that many points, setting uh, their own personal record for points on the road, uh, and the, the play of Sam Darnold was absolutely spectacular to come back from that uh, interception he threw on the first pass. 
So go Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Keith is all in. Jets fans are all in. Has he ever sounded like that before? No, not on this, not on this podcast. We, we started the show talking about how Josh Allen has no support around him, and that's what stuck stuck out to me was that how little Darnold had to do. He had to make three or four really good plays, and he's looked the part. He's looked mature, but he got protected well. He had a running game. Uh, Dan, you, you tweeted about the receivers are definitely solid. I thought that was a good point. The secondary uh, ha- can give this team a little bit of an identity. Some of those interceptions happened because Henry Anderson, a late pickup, which I think is going to prove to be a savvy one, had pressure on Stafford. So yeah, he was nice, supported yeah. really well, and that's what you want to see out of a rookie quarterback. The schedule's not bad for the AFC East in general and, and the Jets. And so I think if, if Darnold can get that kind of support, then they can be a team that's that's absolutely in the mix. There's one team. There's one team in the AFC, in the wild card mix that's going to have a chance to sneak in, like the Bills did last year. Why not the Jets? Why can't they be in the mix? We all underrated their wide receivers coming into this year because Curse and Robbie Anderson were an above average duo last year, and now they add Anunua and Terrell Pryor. They're they're better. That's it. This is a good I, wide receiver. I am, you know, curious to see how bad is the Lions defense because it was the worst defense in the league in August. We talked about this is a nice I'm uh, out on the line. matchup. It's the yeah, <laughs> that was it's a, a, as bad as it can be for a team. Well, it, it was actually the Jets defense and, and maybe special teams. We'll see about that. But the, it was actually the Jets defense that really got me thinking. Okay, like if they can, it, this is a defensive-minded coach with a nice secondary. If he can cook up a really competitive defense week after week, then this team really could could be tough. I think the Jets absolutely have a chance in an AFC that we're looking at right now to grab a wild card spot. I do. I mean, because why not? But also, like, it is disturbing if you're a Lions fan because I think you thought you get Matt Patricia, you're getting this brainiac who's going to translate change right away, and instead we get Mike Garofolo reporting that players all summer have not been buying in. Now, I, it, part of it was they didn't want to they, – they thought they're having to work too hard. It looks like a team that could use By some way, hard work. By the way, we mocked right that columnist uh, about a month and a half ago for his column about – he was working too hard with the conditioning. But well, now running. that's – It's one week, running. though. It's but one just, week, and people are really going into the Belichick, you know, idea. What's so great about these Lions veterans anyway? All what I mean is done? people right. were that excited in the opposite way about Josh McDaniels after five weeks. So I just, like, right. kind of want to see Maybe these this Lions play out a little bit. Cut. I want to I wanna see like, a play. What out. have they accomplished in Detroit that they – that yeah, they can't fair. take hard coaching. Oh, anyone... right. It's not on Patricia. I agree with you. Right. It's like maybe it's hard to change that team. Patri- Patricia didn't really wasn't passing the look test, I just got to <laughs> say. Did anybody even see him talk to anyone on the sideline in the entire game? He just seemed like a man on an island that was in shock. That game went from 17-17 to 48-17 to the Jets. The Jets of all t- teams kneeling on the goal line showing mercy in the fourth quarter to keep it from being a 50-burger. That is as bad as a first game as a coach can have. Crazy. All right, Wes, you're up. When I looked at the Browns going into the season, I saw a flawed but undaunted quarterback, a pretty good backfield, and a defense that has a couple of blue chippers in Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, but the coaching staff has a liability and they need a ghostbuster. After one week, I'm going to say it's not too early to say that, you can take your clock-killing offense and stick it where the sun don't shine when you come into Cleveland. When you have the game on the line, <laughs> there, you have to account for Miles Garrett 
on every play. The opposing fan base, the opposing quarterback, the opposing play caller has to account for Miles Garrett on every play. You are not just going to saddle up your workhorse back, run out the clock with the game on the line. It's a new feeling for Browns fans. It's a new feeling for opponents, and they better get used to it because Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett are for real. Even the uniforms look badass in the rain and filth in this game. (laughs) You can take all of that, your clock-killing notions, and put them on ice. (laughs) Miles Garrett is a difference maker, and so is Denzel Ward. These guys are blue chippers. This is how you eradicate ghosts through talent. Bizarre game, like we talked about on Sunday. Plus five, they finished in the turnover battle, the Browns, and yet they needed 14 points in the second half to wipe out a big deficit, and then they should have lost in overtime on a field goal, and then they should have won in overtime on a field goal, it seemed like that team was a little, to me, Mark, tell me if you agree, a little scared of its shadow uh, after that interception and a game that should have stole at the end. But that, that should not take away that how close this team might actually be to forget about, like, oh, are they ever going to win again? But we just talked about the Jets. Be, the, that team that can – there's going to be a team that's in the mix in December that's going to surprise everybody. The Browns could be that team too. The Browns and Steelers – our old foes, obviously dating back to the very beginning of everything, and they remind me in its in the post 1999 era of two boxers that just constantly spar against each other, but one always loses, and then you lose the ability to even know how to win. And I think Cleveland, this Browns team, prior to this year's thing, completely lost any knowledge of how to deal with Pittsburgh as a team because they were running the ball. The Steelers, at the, the Steelers are better. They were in control at halftime. They're in control halfway through the fourth quarter. They dominated this game, and there were multiple opportunities for the Browns to quit. And coming out of halftime, Tyrod Taylor and Jarvis Landry would not let them quit. That attitude is infectious. They could have quit again in the fourth quarter. Yep. The same two players would not let them quit, Landry and Tyrod, which benefit to them. But Miles Garrett is the difference. And, and they the have playmakers on defense, and Greg Williams takes a lot of heat, but Greg Williams consistently has – Turnover heavy defenses. That's and, that's what he does. They have Ogan Joby had a really good yes. game, I thought. And they they have playmakers at every level. Jamie Collins looks a little better, healthier this year too. So they, they're they're a defense. I think that's gonna be able to win the turnover. I love Baker Mayfield, but I think it's fair to question what would have happened in that game if there was a rookie quarterback. Would they have had the mental fortitude to come back? Uh, is it too soon, West, for the desert people to uh, if you if you're in the desert? To, if you had to get behind a player to win certain awards that that honor players for their defensive greatness above all other defensive players at the <laughs> defensive end for the no, I feel like that's a bridge too far. Like, let's aim for Pro Bowl, then All-Pro, then Defensive Player of the Year, especially when Von Miller's doing what he's doing. Do you hear that, Greg? Khalil Mack. Not yet. Yeah, I think well, well, I, he well, was my the, uh, the NFL.com key. Defensive Player of the Year pick. Well, the key is, you know, you want to see those odds. Yeah, it, it's that. all about value. I mean, if no, if everyone's sleeping on Garrett, then take a shot. Greg's on the phone with his bookie right now. Finally. Bookies don't really exist anymore. Like you can have yeah. your awards. Do they? You can have your awards. You can call them whatever you want. But the fact is, when the game's on the line, you have to account for this guy, and that says everything you need to know about him. He's a badass. Mark Sessler. All right. One week it in. It's not too early for a little conspiracy theory, and it's not too early to say that New England's covert Trojan, Trojan horse operation, a.k.a. Project Pink Pony continues to work wonders. <laughs> this is the other side of the page from before. But. Oh, <laughs> right, it is. In place since 2003, Project Pink Pony, which is harder to say than I realized. I don't know why I called it this. Is a Bill Belichick-led plot to send his minions throughout the league to take over and neutralize opposing teams. 
Logic would suggest Pink Pony backfired with first-year Lions coach Matt Patricia laying an egg against the Jets, a division opponent, but it worked to perfection in Sunday's Patriots-Texans tussle where we saw a vintage Tom Brady before the half. Leading 14-6 with 139 left before the break, the Patriots called timeout before a Texans punt. New England partially blocked the kick before taking over at their own 22. Brady and friends, all implanted with behavior-controlling data chips upon signing with the team, marched down the field like Belichickian-controlled Autobots, going 78 yards over eight plays for the easy touchdown. A pair of ex-Patriots employees, Texans coach Bill O'Brien and Houston defensive coordinator Romeo Cornell, registered 1,000-yard stares as guys like Cordero Patterson and Philip Dorsett doubled as streaming all-stars. Project Pink Pony has taken out the Texans, while the Titans, with Mike Rabel, Dion Lewis, and Malcolm Butler on board, will be the next to go. That's assured with ex-Patriots front office man John Robinson overseeing the entire operation. Pink Pony's rich history of sabotage has many roots, notably creating hell for Mark and Dan when Eric Mangini was sent out like an imperial probe droid to kill from inside the Jets and Browns. This on the heels of Romeo Cornell doing the same in Cleveland before man genius, not really even a man, but a Foxborough-created synthoman, arrived to spin Bill's web. Don't even get me started on Josh McDaniel scattering the Broncos with a somewhat unoriginal spy taping scandal and looking like a Manchurian candidate while running the Rams offense under Jeff Fisher before creating in-house chaos for the Colts after bouncing as their head coach. With Pink Pony still thriving and undetected by Rog, it's not too early to promise you the Patriots will go 13-3 and all over again. Seacrest out. Why Pink Pony is the name? It's a playoff Trojan horse. You can't oh, call gotcha. it Operation Trojan okay. Horse. I feel like in the future, Mark will just have like pre-recorded reads that he sends in two days in advance and won't have to come to the podcast home. anymore. I'll just sit home for the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm just on a new shift anyway, so I'm just going to send in these, uh, these I, audio I files. give I give the Pink Pony operation a lot of credit for for Spygate. I mean, the fact that they went that far uh, to really throw people off the scent in, in terms of Man- Eric Mangini. No one's going to suspect that. Well, once it gets found out, though, that's when people get really upset when Bill Belichick pulls one over on mm. the league and the other coaches and owners. There's suspensions and fines coming for picking and I And I well, appreciate Thomas Dimitrov's commitment to it to build up that 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl yeah. uh, before that pink pony operation. Kevin, really what wanna, are you yelling yeah, about back It's then? just like, what are you guys talking about? Like, it's ridiculous. It is not ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I think you're well, she's right, actually. being so dismissive of Mark's <laughs> I would idea. say this, that any really great CIA plot must mm. make the plotters themselves look bad at times. It's so in, you Mark, can say, oh, way, but no, Mark's right, this. and it is ridiculous. Yeah. They can both right. be. It, it's interesting, right. though, that that the the producer of the Jesselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project. Really squeezed that one in. Yeah, really got in here. <laughs> who bragged to the host of that. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik, that she has an improv background, wanted to throw that in. Wouldn't understand kind of the, the idea to kind of play along Wait, and I support the bit here. Anthony. What, <laughs> are support the bit. what are you talking about? Support the bit. Support the bit. Ouch. Is that true? It's not true. I didn't I, No. Wow. No. The, her, her reaction hey, hey Anthony, nice to meet you. I've got a background in improv, so you know. <laughs> I mean, like, it, what? That kind of checks out, Erica. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, I took one class in high school, but I'm not <laughs> oh, so talking you do. about it. Well, it I don't is. know. This is Greg's, Greg's story is starting to bear weight. And if you're a fan of uh, 90s alternative rock, there's the throwback podcast. That's what I'm saying. 
bring it all out. Let's just start our new own podcast. Show. Yeah. New podcast. No, Wes said every every week. Wes said on First one of our Piccadilly, Piccadilly Circus uh, Q and A's that he's starting a Cincinnati Cincinnati no, no, Reds. No, I didn't podcast. say I would. I said if if I was to ever do it, that would be it. But We're changing gears now. I do have a side pod which we which we. Uh, Cooked up a little bit mm. on our trip, which I will be announcing not through these oh, channels. I know what you're talking about. That's going to be. <laughs> I want to know. Uh, all right. That's it. Hit and that's sure. goddamn right. I'm going to bring it up, Dan. Today's show. Kids got to go to school someday. <laughs> and we're hoping. For I didn't a, say that. We're hoping you for a season. Bring it up. We're hoping for a season two. So let's. let's I didn't say you should bring it up. Oh, no, I know. I think this you should have held the show. One thing I think you should have held your ground and kept it RJVP. That's basic branding, bro. I think it's uh, I think it's a fun plotline. I swear it was actually the plan from the beginning. There's there's season arcs. It was always going to change season two. <laughs> well, is season three going to be the Tamposi Rosenthal? <laughs> well, we'll lose compl- will complete control of her. Insert herself into the show. Eventually. <laughs> All right, we'll be back on uh, late Thursday with a recap of the Thursday night football game between the Ravens and Bengals, and then a preview of all the week two games to come on Sunday and Monday. So make sure you're back for that. And a reminder, yes, next Tuesday, the launch of our Twitter show. Follow, uh, follow us on uh, our various social media handles for the link and more info on that. All right, that's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off. For the quiet storm, the mailman, the old boss, and the loose cannon behind the glass, she's going to get in on that show. She's going to get in on it. Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.